0: Welcome back for episode 30 of the Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on May 11th, 2016, on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86. Alongside me, we have our musical genius, Justin Sane0516. Kind of overbilling me there, are we not? <laughs> Just a little. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard, okay? And then next up is our third member of our merry little band, someone who might soon be returning to the digital wastelands of New York, Steeman Willie Beeman.
1: Floofer's gonna floof.
0: <laughs> and then we are also joined by a man who, if you've listened to Guardian Radio recently, is known for his love of a real-life Hawkmoon and apparently <laughs> an MLG-level ability to snipe, Mesa ah. Sean.
2: <laughs> thanks for having me on guys I, people need to realize i i'm kidding with the mlg sniping <laughs> i am average at best i picked up a sniper two maybe two months ago to prove a point which i did prove it that it's low risk high reward and i fell in love and it's all i try to do is snipe but i got lucky with a thousand yard stare with short gaze snapshot and hit hidden hand so it kind
0: of does a lot of the work for me so
2: but thanks for having me on guys i'm excited to be here man
0: definitely definitely The topic of today's chat is going to be a basic dive into the lore of the Warlock class. Before we get into that, however, I do want to just run through some really quick notes. Our last chat was our third Extra Lore episode and was a discussion over the Star Wars. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusedfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, as well as links to all our various other pages. If you don't mind, also please give us some feedback on iTunes or through our email, which is just focusfirechat at gmail.com, to let us know how we're doing and if we can do anything better. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday at about 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for all those who were unable to participate. Next week's chat's going to be a discussion over the renowned Ishtar Collective. However, before we start, I did want to give our guest a chance to more fully introduce himself. So, Mesa, what got you interested in the lore of Destiny, and where can we find you around the internet?
2: Well, um, I am a warlock aficionado. Not when it comes to the lore, just to the class. I just adore the warlock. I didn't start off as a warlock. I was a hunter main for, I think, the first month and a half. But uh fell in love with the warlock, and that's the most uh, amount of days, hours, whatever you want to call it, played on per character. And um you could find me on uh, Twitter, at Mesa Sean. You could find me on uh, Twitch, at Mesa Sean. But I stream on YouTube, actually, uh, and on my YouTube channel, which is Mesa Sean. But, yeah, I don't really stream on YouTube. Uh, I mean on Twitch. I stream on YouTube, mostly. How, so. how is that, actually? Not <laughs> I to, love Not it. to
0: start a tangent already,
2: but. Well, you know, it's just easier because – it, it it kind of feels like a home base where mm-hmm. I recognize everyone in the chat. It's all from my comment section, and it makes it easier when like uh, live events start. Let's say like every Tuesday morning at five a.m., I'll stream the Challenge of Elders. You know, and instead of having to make a guide for how to do it, people can just see at five a.m. Okay, they're going to do it live. They're going to see all the loot and everything. They're going to see what we do in terms of the modifiers, and then it archives right after, and then it's a viewable video. Or when oh, um. Okay. Okay. When SRL launched, um, I just streamed it live, and so many people came to watch because they got to see everything they got to see the quest they got to see the new bounties they got to see uh, if the old <laughs> the old exotic engrams did yield new of the year, new year two exotics like mi multi tool and armamentarium I got live on stream so it it 's just been a lot of fun and I think for me to start streaming on twitch there 's just too many people on, and i don 't have a setup for Like I feel like if I stream on Twitch, I need a a green screen, a gaming chair, a G Fuel ad. And I live in a a New York City (laughs) tiny studio apartment where it's me playing on a 55-inch sitting in the dark – In my box of shorts, I know a little too much information (laughs) there, but sitting on my couch with the lights off next to my dog or my girlfriend and like who wants to see me on camera? You know what I mean? I'll occasionally do the face cam thing, but one of these days if I move to a new apartment, I'll try to get like a dedicated like setup where I'll have a nice camera, maybe a green screen. I don't know. We'll see. So, yeah, it's been fun so far. Yeah,
3: you forgot
0: the air horn. Oh okay. God, the MLG. Yeah, he's, I mean MLG Airhorn. That's <laughs> yep. We know. We know. We use it a lot during our more interesting runs. Yeah. So okay, I mean, let's. You want to just jump in? Let's. Let's tackle. Is that the, what we're doing? Yeah. Let's just jump right Both into feet. it.
1: Alrighty, Warlocks. We have found new ways to weaponize curiosity. Pathways into darkness. Warrior scholars of the light, warlocks devote themselves to understanding the traveler and its power. A warlock's mind is an arsenal of deadly secrets, balanced between godhood and madness. On the battlefield, those secrets can shatter reality itself. Which, you know, that I like. They're my second favorite, I guess I would say. Um, Not that I don't like hunters, just... You know, if it wasn't for the Warlock's jump, it'd probably be my favorite. But I I can't handle the floof. It's just... But we're elegant
2: in our jumping. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's a nice, gentle glide. You get killed midair because you're flying so
1: slow. (laughs) No, I like the Titan glide where you just, you know, you can zoom across the battlefield. Me personally. That's just my personal opinion. Titans have the best jump.
0: Uh, first almost. of all, first of all, oh, wow, wow, that's we're not gonna a start. Jump. We're gonna start this off. Neither of <laughs> right those from are the jumps, <laughs> <laughs> but
3: it's it's a pretty it's a pretty little whatever. It's it yeah. is It's
0: a it's a nice floof Okay, <laughs> I I, I,
1: I like believe the floof. you. Almost it's have to okay. in
3: fairies. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't. You have to clap.
3: While <laughs> yeah, that's my problem. I'm not clapping. <laughs>
1: But Duh, I mean, come on. Back, back to it. Like there are some awesome warlocks out there, you know, like I, Osiris and Toland, and you know, we're going to touch on all these guys later, including folks that a lot of people don't really pay attention to. With that in mind,
0: Ghost Fragment Warlock. Why did I set her on the trail? You try and try and try to explain. But no one ever understands. No one who's not a warlock. Who hasn't spent a dozen years scouring the ruins for one string of symbols, one clean code, one black talon. Titans just make a humphling noise as if they're if they've stayed awake. Hunters clean their nails with their knives and look at you like you've grown a third eye. But when you've spent your life searching through Arcana for ancient power, you have the urge to reach out and educate others. Especially... If you've had one too many. Nah, she's not my type at all. We'd played dice, cards, war games, you know, the usual stuff. I never tried to show off before. I don't know what came over me. I had a broken vertebrae in my pocket that I'd borrow from. Yes, borrowed. I was going to put it back. What do you think you are, my conscience? It was a fossil. That means mineral replacement. A rock, basically. They can survive a few hours in my pocket. Do shut up. The Cryptarchs weren't going to miss it. Everyone knows the Ahamkara's were hunted to extinction. There's nothing to be afraid of anymore. Think how mysterious the system is, I said. How much life sprang up when the Traveler came. Like the Ahamkara. Do you know the legends? The dragon that made promises? And I pulled out the fossil with a flourish. She pulled out her knife and started to pick the dirt from her nails. That set me off. "'You could have never brought down one of these,' I said. "'Ever. Not the greatest hunter, not the brawniest titan.' Her eyes narrowed. She said, "'Oh, is that so?' And I saw right then that she wasn't going to pass on the challenge. "'I've murdered a guardian,' I thought. "'She's going to die. It'll be my fault.' And I looked at the piece of spine in my hand and wondered, "'Why did I say that? What moved me to such pride?' Love that card! Oh, it's the
3: crazy Ahumkar card, and that's accompanied and- by the artifact, which is the Ahumkar scale. Oh yeah! In which we find out that the hunter did go and kill
1: an Ahumkar. <laughs> Told him I could do it. <laughs> yeah. The, the other fun, Damn, the other warlock thought I couldn't do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ah. the The other fun ah. one is yeah. you know, a lot of people overlook it, but the uh, the nod to the hive in the second paragraph where it's like you they look at you like you've grown a third eye. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: I just I, there's a lot of different different acknowledge- well and then we I mean as as game as game players we we know that Ahamkara's items, you know, still have that uh insinuating force even though they're quote unquote dead. But it seems like this warlock might not have figured that out just yet. But he's on the path to figuring it out. <laughs> in the chat, in the chat, Josh. Warlocks talk nonsense, and we hunters killed the Ahamkara.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're uh, you're my new hero.
0: <laughs> so, but yeah, I guess
3: uh, I go ahead and take Warlock two. I
1: thought you were taking uh, Vanguard.
3: Uh, okay, the Warlock Vanguard, of course, is a Ray. Akora um, Ray's second life has been long and colorful. As an iconoclastic new guardian, she made a reputation in the Crucible and in the halls of the Warlock Scholarship as an outspoken, unrelenting opponent with no patience for dogma or etiquette. That reputation became a burden, and Akora chose to travel alone, flying reconnaissance across the worlds of the inner solar system. Shot down again and again, she and her ghost survived against all odds, apparently preferring the wilderness to the company of her fellow guardians. When Akora finally returned to the city to rest, her her hard-won knowledge and seasoned temperament commanded the respect of her fellow warlocks. She now serves in the vanguard as a mentor and a leader, carrying the memory of her wandering days as a link to rising guardians.
1: TLDR, she's a badass
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she doesn't put up with a lot of uh i don't know she kind of she somewhat kind of reminds me of osiris in a way does anybody have the uh invective quote andy because i I think that they made a
1: grab for my ghost uh uh, i I guess like they made a grab for my ghost
0: it's i tried to talk them down they made a grab for my ghost after that it was a short conversation
1: there you it's go. her personal yeah, that, weapon that. of
0: choice while running along running in the wild, pretty much. But it the other the other thing about Ikora that's really kind of interesting to note is that she did she started off as a guardian who actually bucked against the authority of the Vanguard. Like she she pushed back Against them, you know, iconoclastic is uh, is a person who kind of rebels against the uh, the established norm. And so, like <clears throat> you know, and it says the unrelenting opponent with no patience for dogma or etiquette. You know, she was very brash. She was very his <laughs> ninja ninja rock star. The Chad kind of nailed it. In her first life, Icora was a total. <laughs> we, we're we going to keep that pg-13 but yeah that's it
3: that's an invective ninja <laughs> rockstar that is an invective
0: uh right and then so but it, it's interesting too that as a warlock you know plus this is on the heels of osiris who was the former vanguard commander and you know so it, it's kind of interesting to me too because you know they just got they just kicked out a Vanguard mentor slash Vanguard commander who was kind of the same way. You know, Osiris was known for his lack of patience for obfuscation and political doublespeak. And they put Ikora in and Ikora is kind of (laughs) the exact same, not, not exact same. She, she definitely falls in line and she's not the commander that's, that's uh, Zavala. But, it's it's kind of interesting to me that for a warlock, you know, it's a very academic position. And I guess that kind of makes sense. The academic would be the one that's always questioning the the uh the norm. uh Who who
3: here would love to see, as much as me, a fire team go out and just kill some stuff that consisted of Zavala, Cade, and Akora? Yeah, <laughs> like in a cutscene. <laughs> yeah, that you know, it's weird with the
2: core because she's always like she's kind of putting her two cents in. Like when we go through the cutscenes of the Taken King, whenever something's going on, she's always like, "We need a warlock in there." You know, when we were going to the Treadnought. or when uh, Kate is taking you on. What was it? I think it was the second story mission, and she's uh, Kate. Obviously, got caught because he, he was giving us <laughs> something to do. when you hear her in the background saying. What are you doing over there, Kate? Is, uh, yeah, um, hold on, Guardian. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll be right back. But I think like, they need that kind of balance because she's like, she's like the academic – and you've got Zavala, who's like the, you know, very strong presence commander. And you got Cade, who's like the rogue of the whole bunch, you know, who is not afraid to cut corners to get things done and then goes back to get approval afterwards, you know? Right.
0: And, you know, but like even like following that, though, even Ikora to a degree cuts corners because she has the hidden. And, yeah. you know, Eris, who is uh, who is a hidden, who is not a warlock, but Eris. You know, is in connection with Osiris and is in actual communication with Osiris and the Queen, and you know they're doing their whole like that whole little side project that they have running. And you would assume, I mean, I I make the assumption that Ikora probably has an idea that this is going on. Like, and you know, it's she got she inherited the hidden from Osiris, so you know that comes with knowledge that there's probably some hidden who are still somewhat loyal to Osiris. And she doesn't, she doesn't, I don't know. She doesn't seem like, granted, we don't really see the interaction with her and the hidden, but it doesn't seem like she really cares too much. I mean, like, I'm sure she keeps them in line, but. So I think
3: that's the whole point of the hidden. They just kind of let them do their thing.
0: Well, and their intelligence gathering. I mean, that's, that is definitely the. They they probably aren't they probably aren't bound by the same rules necessarily. Oh, so you want to talk about Ariana three real quick? Uh oh, she's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, um so Ghost Fragment Warlock Two um is from the point of view of Ariana Three. Uh my name is Ariana Three, disciple of the Praxic Warlocks marked by the cormorant seal. We came here under one banner, united in a host of thousands, to claim the moon. But the battle goes against us. I have taken a prisoner, and this is the record of its interrogation. If I transgress in your eyes, I ask for your forgiveness. Um, Ariana, it it responds to pain. It responds to the light. Heard it again, monster, heed me. Who is your master with the sword? I can hear it in my head. The sword bearer's name is Crota. Record that. Should I burn it again? No, I think you're only feeding it. I will touch its mind. Ghost, help. They call you wizard. You must be ancient. I think you value power very much. Will you still be powerful without this piece of your mind? Tell me how to kill Crota. It showed me the battle. It showed me waning dead on Crota's blade. It showed me how Crota killed a guardian with a screaming knife hammered out of its own ghost. So I will take a piece of its mind and ask again: Tell me how to kill Crota. Yeah. Incredible! Where? Where is his throne? Where is this twilight world under the dead eye of uh, the dead star eye? Ariana, there's word from the company of Marionbriam. Crota is upon them. Half a hundred dead. They need us. Tell me where. Tell me how. Tell me. Ariana, what did it say? It showed me how it did this. Just exactly this. To an awoken man. The knives arranged by its will. Like little silver ships. Like ghosts. It laughed at me. It said we were the same. Crota marches with a thousand knights. And they say the sky above Maryambrim has turned into green fire. They are dying in numbers I cannot bear to repeat. He kills them one by one with a sword that eats their light. Ariana, we have to do something. Kill the wizard. Scatter the ash. It has nothing but lies to offer. Get your sparrows. We have light and fury. That will be enough. Ooh. So much. <laughs> so just, just right off the top there.
0: So there's there's the acknowledgement that light feeds the hive. Uh-huh.
3: While fireboarding a witch.
0: Yep. Yeah, well yes, because you know, <laughs> waterboarding would be too too uh too boring. Shoot, yeah, too humane. Fireboarding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're gonna give you a really bad sunburn.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. But um it's amazing there that she did did I misread this or did Ariana actually get a vision of waning dying from yeah, the, go- it, from the so,
0: wizard. Like we also got the fact that the wizard witches, whatever you want to call them, um, have apparently tele- telepathic capabilities because it showed, it says it showed me the battle. It showed me Waning dead on Crota's blade. It showed me how to kill, it showed me how Crota killed a guardian with a screaming knife hammered out of its own ghost, which you want to talk about a fun mental image <laughs> is not only not only are we going to take your ghost away we're going to turn it into a weapon and kill you with it
3: <laughs> yeah that Crota he's creative He's but he's, um, he's, another another thing that actually and it's just on this reading kind of grabbed me um, the sky above Mare Imbrium is burning with green fire that to me sounds like an oversold did he pull his throne world Kind of in tars, it could be.
0: Either yeah, either that or it's the um, the oh, wound. Maybe was we were talking about this in chat. I can't remember if this was this week or last week. We were talking about the chemical reaction of osmium, and it's actually green fire. Like oh, really? If you I can't. Oh, I can't remember because we were talking about hadium flakes and like how it's a, you know, it's a made up metal. I think it's a made up metal. I think that's what we all decided. But then it's in it's uh, juxtaposed against osmium. And then they're saying something about osmium when it reacts chemically. I can't remember if it's reacting to air or if it was just like, you know, if you set it on fire, basically, but it burns green. Oh, when superheated... Thank you. Unisys in chat catching up with us. When superheated, it glows green. And so that's where kind of... It's it's kind of a nod, too, of why the Hive kind of got that, that over... That theme of the green ethereal mm. light. I kind of took that to be... That's the osmium metal that they are all kind of surrounded and imbued with. But it could be a simple matter of Crota's... Paracausal capabilities. You know, you know the uh, when we activate our supers, there's that bl- that bright flash of blue or orange or purple. You know, it could be something along those lines. Is this is him summoning that paracausal capabilities to wipe out? You know, how many thousands of guardians or hundreds of guardians?
1: Yeah, it, it was a like- big nova
0: bomb basically. <laughs> <laughs> but the other, the other thing that kind of stood out too, was the, uh, the la- one of the last lines that is, it has nothing but lies to offer. I mm. thought that was kind of funny because it's like, Oh look, yet another, yet another hive creature that's known for lying, hanging out with Crota. <laughs> God. Poor, poor Crota. I can't get away from the, the liars of the court. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, they are witches, so well, they're yes. they're devious by nature.
0: <laughs> this does not represent all of our views on witches or witchcraft. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> just these particular witches, just oh, these particular that, supernatural.
3: <laughs> that's all I need is is the actual witches in, in real life I'm getting. I, I don't need another petition this week, Blue. <laughs> I've been through enough. <laughs> uh, Mason, did you have uh, guardian abilities before I get into any trouble?
2: <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, sh- uh, do you guys want me to read that one? Yeah, go yeah. for it.
3: Right. <laughs> okay. I'll start it off with movie
2: trailer voice, man. There is a light in you from which no darkness can hide. All right. From there we go. Only guardians have the gift of the Traverse Light. The ability to channel its energies to project a, project a vast power into the world. Even without a fire team, a guardian is a radiant engine of destruction. While these abilities rise from within, the guardians master their power in different ways. Titans understand the light as a force to hone through practice and strict discipline. Hunters roam and explore in order to learn, using dangerous methods to survive in the, uh, to survive the wilds. And warlocks study the light and its inner mechanisms, confronting unfathomable mysteries in the search for transcendent might. I love this card. <laughs> yeah, it's a great card. It's
0: it, like there's there's so much to take from it. Um, you know the first the first thing that always to me stands out is the fact that it's a nod that the light that the guardians use is not our own. We are merely conduits for the travelers' light, mm-hmm. and I have I have a huge, huge theory about the like the metaphysics behind it, but we won't, we won't get into that just yet. Um, but the other, the other thing that stands out to me is if we, if you, if you've read the Ares one cards, Jacob Hardy, he makes a comment about, uh, being well-versed in math in advanced mathematics and studying the irreality of the slippery irreality of light. And that like, To me, this is like a direct nod to, yeah, that guy, he's a warlock, because that's kind of exactly what this says that warlocks do is, you know, they study the light and its inner mechanisms and then confront the unfathomable mysteries. So, I, you know,
2: yeah. In layman's terms, I kind of read this as like Titans are kind of like the graduate students. Hunters are the undergrads. And the warlocks are the professors. They're constantly learning, <laughs> yeah. getting ready to teach everyone what to do or more things about the actual light. But it's a really interesting card. I like the picture that it does paint.
0: Mm-hmm. I, yeah. It just,
1: and it's actually, I think that it's a warlock's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> and that even yeah, warlocks tough. have to admit that there's a extreme five. discipline in being a titan. Yeah. That's what I take from that card. Hey, hey, you had your week.
3: You had your week.
1: <laughs> but All right, fine. Funny.
3: <laughs> it's funny. Bluefawn. fawn. <laughs> <Flew falling. laughs> it's funny that uh, you mentioned uh, the guardian being a conduit for the light, mm-hmm. um, because the next card, which is the brand new guardian subclass for the warlock, uh, is the stormcaller. And it says, Harmony Within, Hurricane Without, which is freaking awesome. I want, I want that in Old English tattooed somewhere. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, Meditate, focus, draw the static from within. The arc is inside all life. You must feel it take hold. Let it flow through, but not consume you. You are a conduit between sky and earth, electricity and matter. Life and death. You are a weapon, and there you go. Conduit confirmed. You're welcome, Blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this kind of mm-hmm. confirms my whole my whole belief system is about the mechanics of light and the traveler, as uh, the light flowing from a, an area of high potential and tr- at the traveler to an area of low potential, us, and then making the circuit and returning to the traveler and. You're constantly conducting this light. Right. You're not. I know there's a lot of times we'll use possessive language regarding the light. His light is draining. This is well, that.
0: Right. I was going to say, even in the storm trance card that goes with the storm color card, you know, it says your light. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's they fluctuate. For, I mean, but at the same time we're undead. So we don't really have light because we're already dead. You know, I, I view light, you know, we've talked about this a lot. It's light is kind of like an animating force. And as a dead creature, you naturally wouldn't have light. You have to have it given to you, which I think is what, you know, you're, you're definitely more versed in electricity than I am. So I would hope so. I would. Yeah. (laughs) No, but it's actually funny. It, it says the
3: arc is inside all life, and that's actually really true. Because if you just break it down all the way to electrical impulses in your nervous system, that is a very true statement.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so I, I just kind of view the arc subclasses as being more of the the more natural um, subclasses, other than you know catching yourself on fire, because you actually do have some electricity in your body,
0: right? Uh, mm-hmm. Well, and every everyone does, like even from the the brain synapses, which is action you know, potentials, right? Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I used to study like,
2: microbiology, that's why. Oh, nice.
0: <laughs> but like, I know that was one of the theories as to why we don't remember the uh, life before we were resurrected, was because the synapses had been so deteriorated that they couldn't be recovered, and so you don't have the capability of you know rerouting those synapses because they've just been lost through degradation of the material the the biological material that is the guardian's body so but yeah i do like that i do like that
2: last sentence as you are a weapon because when i think about it, before we had the storm caller when it was just as void walkers and sunsingers i always feel like the sunsinger was there as kind of like a safety net you know um obviously because of Fireborne. Whereas Mm -hmm. Voidwalkers would kind of pick and choose their targets because of their either tracking Axiom Bolts and their Nova Bombs. They have to be really selective. Whereas when a Stormcaller, when they channel that that that. energy, they just wreck everything in their path. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, they do. Whether it's on a battlefield or whether it's, I mean, in PvP or whether it's in
1: Fighting the Darkness. um, Yeah, they are a weapon. (laughs) Wrecking
3: Ball. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Stormcaller is definitely like one of the best classes to use right now, because when you get that super, you're you're pretty much a lawnmower, and the grass is guardians, and you just stroll on through and destroy everything. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, it is pretty fun to be a Sith Lord, which is how I look at it
2: unless you're in the crucible and you run into a titan striker who's saving his super <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay.
1: Dude,
0: i think there's isn't, I ran into. isn't there a term <laughs> for that <laughs> can yeah. i say it
2: yes people get mad at of me. Of me i said why does everyone use their fist to panic as a defensive <laughs> and i got a million tweets yelling at me saying i use it offensively i don't and i'm like cuz i feel like every time i use my squishy blade dancer cuz that that's pretty much what i use for pvp uh That's why – you know what? I use Voidwalker for PVPs because I'm usually not Fist of Panicked. I'm usually Fist of Havoc, meaning that they they got me, okay? Whereas when I throw my Nova Bomb, I don't have to worry about that. But Stormcaller, I get shut down. As soon as they hear the thunder from above, (laughs) that that striker is running right for me and I'm dead. So (laughs) if Landfall doesn't get them, you're
3: screwed is what I'm getting from that.
2: I got to make sure I have those impossible machines on, of course. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Uh it's it's definitely very disconcerting to be inside an electrical storm when it starts. So Yeah. It it bothers me quite a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not that it's overpowered that I'm salty about it, it's just I don't like being electrocuted over and over again. Between striker <laughs> titans and the damn storm callers, it's getting ridiculous.
2: <laughs> so but, but- Oh uh, no, but go just ahead. It's on a good note when it comes to it feels good when I'm doing strikes and I go forth with my stormcaller and just can clear a whole room of ads. So mm. you know? um if there's you know, so like in the Tanix room, when you get to the I think it's the second room where he's in the middle of it, uh it's just it's great to just clear everything out. So if you're with other guardians that are different subclasses, they can just focus damage on Tanix himself to get him to teleport again. So
3: oh, I love great. it in
2: awesome. PC, yeah.
3: I bet it's good for prison elders too. When yes, when oh, super yeah. kills. Yeah, yeah. I was running a hunter, and I, I would literally, you know, I'd either have three shots in my, you know, night stalker, and have one that lasted a long time. I was like, uh, this is not, this well, is not well, the best time to be hunter. <laughs> well, we went as
2: blade dancer for that week because you had the. Um, oh, I guess was, I didn't think about. It. Yeah, we would just we would stack supers with blade dancer, stormcaller, and. The fun breakers, as I used to call them, but now (laughs) they used to be fun breakers until they got a little bit of a nerf. Now they're sun breakers again. But yeah, we would just be throwing hammers, blading them with our uh, blade dancers, and then storm calling every, you know, just all the ads, just making orbs for everybody.
1: Yeah, I gotta, I gotta stop being so. Sun breakers were fine the way they were. (laughs) Oh god.
0: Here we, go. Here we
2: go. As soon as now. I would get that hammer pop, I would
1: just – I would turn right around and go run in the other direction.
2: Dude, I get you one should.
1: shot so many times in PvP. No. Tang, tang. I, tang, tang. Yeah, I literally just went back to orbit and go <laughs> – just
3: Yeah, my fire team would be pissed. Oh, um, hunters, hunters have
2: it well this week in Mayhem Clash because – I, I actually tweeted out – it was comical how many times I heard trip mines going off in Mayhem Clash this week as well as how many times I got killed by Golden Guns. <laughs> oh, yeah. One after the other. Even if you pop your super, your storm callers, Stormcaller's uh, sunbreaker. That Golden Guns got its – you're dead instantly from that thing.
3: Yes. Well, the uh, super from the Stormcaller that we're speaking so much of is actually called Storm Trance. And, I thought it was called Lawnmower. Uh, no, it's not Lawnmower. <laughs> It's not a lot more. I'm sure I looked it up. Um, (laughs) The Dark Lord of the Sith. (laughs) Yes. And uh, it says, focus your light to call forth a powerful arc storm and siphon it, channeling lightning through your fingertips to send it surging between your targets. A warlock in storm trance is exercising such unbreakable focus that the arc energy they summon draws them off the ground, the air humming and crackling around them. Like lightning, you bend your path forward through the air. Striking down anything too slow to escape the storm.
0: You know what's really cool is so, as most people probably who watch me puts around and stream, no, I've been watching Agents of Shield and season two. I just got through season two, and they introduced a character who actually has uh, electric static capabilities, and he actually just did this. Like he actually just flew using electrostatic ma- manipulation to uh, to hover. It was a really, really cool scene because I was like the entire time I was watching, I was like, oh, God, run, run. Stormcaller. He's going to he's going to mow you all down. Get out of there now.
3: <laughs> so, yeah. But finally, the Warlock has its panic subclass because in year one, it was it was <laughs> Blade Dancer. When a Blade Dancer pop, you'd be yelling Blade Dancer, Blade Dancer, Blade Dancer, Blade Dancer. And just run. No one yelled Nova Bomb, Nova Bomb, Nova Bomb, Nova Bomb and ran because you know, by the you time you saw it, you were over. Yeah, it was over. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but now there's finally that, that, uh, shock and awe subclass for the warlocks.
0: Literally, shock and awe.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and hey. Yeah. Uh, great. Actually, that's perfect. I don't think you could call it anything else because, I mean, when you see that storm call, you're like, "Holy Batman!" And you just <laughs> run for your life. At least I do. Like, un- unless I do have, like uh, Sean said, a striker titan. If I've got my fist of havoc available, oh yeah.
0: yeah I'm kind of I'm kind of sad that they don't have a shock and awe ability on there. Hmm. They yeah, have, it
1: should be called
0: shock and awe. Have, Something um, should be called. Pulse wave feedback transition. It
1: should because I mean, <laughs> <But> <laughs> I've gotten that's that's actually the guardian. Even though I'm a Titan enthusiast, no. it was my Warlock that I got my Slayer
0: with. Man, this week this week is just weird. Bife is going for Titans, and Willie's going for Warlocks. Man, mm. no, I did st- <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no no no, I did not say that. I am complimenting the class. <laughs> yes. That does not mean I'm rooting for
0: him. So basically I need to go wash my mouth out. Titans so up. is what I just got told. You, to you Same
1: team, man. Same team.
0: No. To right. be fr- Titans to be frank- are
1: definitely the top notch. Like, have you even hammer tightened? <laughs> you done? it? Oh, I think hammer strike. tucker. It's so gl- glorious. <laughs> like, um, me and a couple friends, we did all three of us were Titans. Two of us were Hammer Titans. One was a Defender, and we just made orbs for days and just destroyed everything in Challenge of uh, Elders, which I don't think anybody's really had a problem with Challenge of Elders since it came out, right?
0: I wouldn't know. I haven't tried it yet. Nah. Nah. <clears throat> you you did you just say you have yep. not tried so Challenge but speaking well. uh, speaking of the <laughs> solar energies let's let's yeah, talk speak, about sun
1: Singers. speaking of solar energies yes we do have the sun singer which is the most annoying class <laughs> when it comes down <laughs> to trials of oh, osiris but don't you just love getting the metal that says and stay
2: down and stay <laughs> down yeah
3: i, like I love my, that when I shoot my mans, I like them to stay down. <laughs> just, but
2: one thing yeah, I, I, I forgot to mention, when I see a storm crawler coming after me, I just start doing my just do it emote because I know there's no running <laughs> <I just> <laughs> emote. I accept my fate. If you're going to fry me like yeah. Emperor
3: Palpatine. I'll take you would path. think you'd be able to get some verticality and get yeah. away from him.
1: All right. Here we go again. There are flames that even the darkness cannot extinguish. These are dark times. Humanity stands on the brink of extinction. We will carry a fire that darkness, a beacon to guide the way, and a pyre to consume our great enemy. The light saved us from death and forged us into weapons. We seek to understand it, to embrace it, to consume and be consumed by it. We hope to become radiant. Our fellow guardians need our power. Our civilization needs our strength. Which pretty much says, hey, you know, Raid's about to end. Oh, there's the (laughs) Sunsinger. The masters of soloing everything. Yeah, I'm just saying they they can solo orcs. That is the only um, subclass that I'm aware of that can solo orcs right now.
2: Because well, even when we do Nightfalls, we always have to – like we say to ourselves, even though they're not that difficult anymore, but we always try to spec it out to have one Defender oh, Titan, yeah. one Night Stark. I always have to have one Sun singer because <laughs> that when you get to the end, <laughs> it's the only one that's going to come back to life. But it, it's, it makes it boring for that Warlock because I'm not using my super the whole time. I'm not Nova Bombing things. I'm not Storm Calling – Storm Trancing things, sorry. Storm Trancing things. I'm just basically there as kind of like a safety net so that I need to come back to life when we all wipe.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, but I mean, you know, speaking of Radiance, you know, Will, you want to take that card real quick before we kind of talk? Because Radiance, you know, the kind of cool thing is, is like Radiance has been used mostly just for that that uh, Phoenix-like ability. But there's there's actually, I think it was actually designed to be more of actually kind of a support class.
1: It, it was. And um, that was the thing for a lot of the hunter enthusiasts mm-hmm. was there was not a support class for the hunters for
0: a there, long time
3: that there there is possibly.
0: now That's,
3: i'm just going to yeah. say you
0: <laughs> so do you want you want to tackle the so, radiance card real quick
1: yes sir radiance
0: open yourself
1: to the light glimpse for a few rapturous moments truth beyond the powers you wield a warlock in the state of radiance threatens to slip the bonds of the material, shrugging off physical harm, channeling a torrent of abilities. Some may learn to elevate nearby guardians, gifting them with the power. Others, entranced by the ghost power to reach beyond death, may learn to pluck themselves out of nothingness, like the phoenix of the ancient myth, which tells you that Granted, most people that use Radiance, they're using self res especially once again in Trials of Osiris. But you can use it for more than just that. You know, you you can use it to get your other Guardians.
0: Yeah, because you have Song of their Flame. They're supers and,
1: faster. Song it, of Flame too,
0: and uh, Radiant Skin. I think where the was the other one.
1: Yeah, I mean in well, PvP, radiant skin it, makes it where you're kind of buffed with armor, but yeah,
2: because if you use radiant skin along with the heart of Praxic fire, where you just you have so many nades and you you rush into a group of enemies. See, a lot of times I don't use fireborn in PvP because of the fact that I'm gonna get team shot. I'm gonna get killed really quickly, but if I use it uh, for radiant skin instead, rush them, pop it with. Heart of Praxic Fire, it's really tough to take me down because, of course, I'm combining it with Viking Funeral and Touch of Flame Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just throwing grenades and meleeing. And, of course, we get that overshield when you do get that melee contact, which makes it a pretty – it can be – as much as we scream defensive when it comes to Sunsinger, it it can be very, very offensive um, as opposed to just waiting to self-res in Trials of Osiris or just waiting for the end of a strike if you need that one Sunsinger to self-res when everyone else is wiped.
0: Yeah, and the other cool thing, Sunsinger to me is so interesting just because, not because of game mechanics, but actually because of the the lore behind the Sunsingers, mostly because of the Thanonauts, but also because of Pajari's visions and stuff like that. I mean, just, and, you know, Osiris, because he definitely was predominantly viewed as a Sunsinger, I think. Um, I just the lore behind Sunsingers is just such a such a fascinating the radiant radiance alone is just so interesting from a storytelling perspective. Yeah. So you wanna real quick round it out and go over the Void Walker? My favorite. There you go. Why don't why don't you take the Void Walker?
2: Okay, sure. Those who have stared into the void are not bound by the laws of space and time. The Traveler came out of the void that surrounds all things. Thus, we know that the void is full of power. Thus, we enter the void without fear. Small minds will call your abilities blasphemous. They will compare you to the abominable wizards of the hive. But you will not be held back. Gifted by the Traveler's Light, armed with the secret physics of a lost age, you will tear. You will tear reality asunder. You will fear nothing, and nothing will not fear you. Well, Voidwalker is by far my favorite class. I think I was the only one in PvP using it since day one with Voidfang Vestments, Vortex Mastery, uh, Annihilate, and Axiom Bolts. I think. Oh, I hate those.
0: <laughs> the Liam Neesons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Liam> Neesons.
3: <laughs> oh, those are awful. <laughs> anything that will follow you around a, co- a corners oh
2: and with voidfang vestments those things that they'll split off into three and they'll follow you forever those
0: things. not if you shade step you can dodge them with shade step oh you can okay i'm pretty sure i think you can if there's anything no. like you know the other thing is is like the the thing that real quick just a random note on that card the whole uh Small minds, will call your abilities blasphemous. There's, there's a quote that that always brings to mind, and it's from Eleanor Roosevelt. It's the great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. Like, I don't know why, but every time I read that card, that's the quote that I'm like, that just just comes to comes to my mind every single time. I'm like, why it's just so. There's your trivia <laughs> that's a for tonight.
3: Good one. That's a pretty good one.
0: No, actually, when I think
3: Warlock, I think Void, um, just because there's that image of the Warlock staring into the Void and almost going crazy.
0: Which is also another uh, awesome quote. Yes, yeah, and it's, that's an Osiris quote, is it not? No, Nietzsche. Oh, careful okay. If you stare into the Abyss because the Abyss stares back into you, and be careful uh, that when you hunt monsters, you don't become a monster yourself. I see. But, but I thought
3: Cyrus said that.
0: Yeah, he <laughs> paraphrases it. I think. But the other, <laughs> the other cool thing about the Void Walker is, is they say they speak about entering and stepping into the void, which is really interesting when you compare it to you know the Hunter, the Night Stalker, for the Dusk Bow, where they talk about punching a hole into it and like grabbing a fistful of the void energy and pulling it back. You know, they kind of, it's kind of more of a, yeah, we don't really care how this works. We're just going to steal some of this and use it. And the, the Void Walker is more of a, you know, it's that, again, going back to that more intellectual kind of, you know, learning the, you know, what they call the secret physics and, you know, using that knowledge to tear reality apart. It's just, yeah. which I'll, we'll talk about a little bit here. There's a quote from the, actually, there's a really cool quote from the melee attack, but. Real fast, do you want to run on the Nova Bomb? Speaking of the the tearing things asunder. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nova Bomb.
2: Channel the Trello's light into a bolt of energy with the power of a collapsing star. Wow, that's how powerful it is, huh? Uh, the devastating Nova Bomb scours the battlefield with ethereal fire. But be careful in its use. It takes precious moments to summon, and it must be aimed precisely to avoid obstacles. I have done plenty of Mesa fail Nova bombs in in my day. I'm like, oh, did I just waste my super
0: just now? I think that's just void in general because, again, going back to the Hunter, that that shadow shot is not an easy thing to hit.
3: It's not. Well, at least you haven't uh, done the, the infamous Fist of Bubble. That's oh, where yes, you, I have that's you jump over a group of ads and go take this and drop a bubble. And then you all sit down in the bubble and you have tea. <laughs> that's I've done that a couple of times because I don't run a Titan very often. <laughs>
0: um,
3: so just a little science just from out of nowhere. Well, not really out of nowhere, but a Nova, as pretty much everyone knows, is a, is a nuclear explosion. Um, that's associated with a dying star, um, and it causes a sudden brightening of the star. I'm trying to see um, anywhere where I can see a purple one. Ooh, there's a pretty good one. But yeah, it's it's actually a natural phenomenon.
0: Well, the, um, you know, in chat, just real quick, they're talking about looking into the nova bomb vortex. Like you know, the thing that gets left behind, and it's like, yeah, uh, Sparty for you in Chat saying it's like you can see the stars through it, and I. It also if I know, I know we talked a little bit about this when we were talking about the nine, but you remember the sigil that Zer has on the tower, the little mm-hmm. the little yes. thing. If you look at it from the side, it actually looks really similar to a Nova Bomb's vortex, so, mm. which actually makes me think that it's you know. It's void light graffiti. Zuras dirty <laughs> Zur dirtying the tower up with his graffiti, and Rusty well, hasn't gotten around to cleaning it for the weekend. It makes
3: it makes sense. And actually, if you look at the card for Nova Bomb, it's got an image, and he's spot on. You can definitely see what looks like a little miniature galaxy inside mm-hmm. that that little storm of purple.
0: Well, and the other cool thing is, um, you know, Bungie had the the art stream today, and they were talking about the concept art for the final form of Oryx. And they kind of showed his wings as having a very similar look on them as this. It was was actually really a really cool aspect. They also talked about the Warlock logo, but they just said nothing about what it meant. I was very disappointed.
3: did they talk about how how big a pain in the ass it is to make
0: <laughs> yeah so just real fast uh for those who missed it <laughs> it was really kind of funny he so the the gentleman who designed all this um he said that actually the hunter the titan and the warlock logo when he when he put those all together he wanted to make sure that they looked good as a tattoo that was cuz oh. he, he knew that that was going to be like he's like he, he was saying like it's going to be one of the most popular images and he's like i need to make this so and he's like i know people are going to get tattoos of it so he made he like studied tattoo art before he designed those yeah it was it was pretty pretty nice little little trivia yeah, session it,
3: actually fun funnily enough it might be my favorite of the three i don't know i do like the hunter one but i like the hunter
0: which is yeah, i don't yeah
1: Titan
3: Masterclass.
1: Oh God!
3: How <laughs> to sneak that one in? Come on. Um, with that, Willie, with that face palm, do you want to take the Warlock Melee? Um. Yeah, I
1: suppose I could take the Warlock Melee. I'm talking about the uh, the fact that they use their palms all yeah. the time. High five. High five. Which. <laughs> High 5 to your face.
0: <laughs> what the fuck? Whereas, the you know, Slap.
1: hunters um, like to use knives. Of course, Titans, a fist.
0: Or the because, shoulder. Or the knee. Or the head. Okay,
1: yeah. Fair enough. No, only one used his head. And, um, anyway, the Guardian melee abilities for the palm curiosity gets a warlock into trouble and force of will gets it a warlock out even novices can share sheer reality with a single deadly gesture which that that is the thing that warlocks do they use their palm but they still get an extra 50 foot worth of reach (laughs) with whatever ability they have a especially the storm callers like <laughs> that when, that when you have that extra reach advantage. perk oh my god dude
0: well and so the reason Ugh. the reason I actually tossed this into the show notes is because when we were talking about just in general guardians and uh light one of the things that kept coming up was the fact that we use rituals to summon the paracausal capabilities that we call you know supers which is basically the creation of nothing from something or something from nothing. Gosh, man, it's been a long day. So, but the cool thing is, is the way I read this is that it actually kind of has a lore explanation as to why they can just like touch you with a palm and deal so much damage is because basically that gesture that they do is a summoning ritual for a, but they don't touch you. No, 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 but it's it's okay, so well, yeah, neither does they a golden 15 feet away. gun. But neither does a golden gun. A golden gun doesn't necessarily touch you, but yeah, it's but a it's that's a
1: super we're talking This it's a minor super.
0: So this is a lore explanation of why the yes. warlocks have right, a fine. freaking fair enough football field <laughs> reach. <laughs> it's ridiculous, damn it! Willie's Willie's
3: just mad he can't reach the top shelf with his Titan. He's been he's been eyeballing. Earlier,
0: those earlier, earlier in chat, Listen. I saw I saw someone say that the uh, that they had been on Reddit and the uh, small arm buff should be applied to the Titans melee <laughs>
1: Oh wow! All the Titan hate should have expected it. Should have expected it.
0: <laughs> no, no Titan hate. It wasn't Titan, Nate. It was just an observation of the lack of reach. It <sighs> is ridiculous because, I mean,
1: Titans are supposed to be the most physical, you know, when it comes to the three classes. You are. And you war- just don't Warlocks? have very long no. arms. No. But don't you have ice skates on? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's, it's very brawny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really? Really? Oh, that. <laughs> well, okay. Let's you know. Let's let's use that as a segue. You want to you want to talk about the capability of fighting in the Crucible, right? Well, you know, one of our recent playlists that we got added was actually derived from the Warlocks' quote unquote think tank, and that would be Rift. Which you know, I think Sean. I'm going to let you take this card because I I believe that this is one of your more favored. by far <laughs>
2: favorite game mode. Favorite game mode. <laughs> I'm still praying for Iron Banner Rift to come back, but when I tweet that (laughs) out, I would say, much to people's chagrin, I want it back, and no one else seems to, because it was the most fun iron banner i had and i always this is off lore topic but if they want to turn destiny into an esport if you throw in two competitive pro teams 6v6 playing rift with a shoutcaster i think that would be epic everyone would watch that if you had someone screaming over it and we got six trez and he's going in, and he just dodged a titan he skated right underneath him he's going in for the and he just got a three piece on the on the spark like, oh. I to, like okay rift warlocks maybe thinkers but most i know can hold their own says lord Shaxx. uh 6v6 um, cynical, no. Clin- cyclical, sorry. Objective-based team combat. Battle to capture the spark and run it into your enemy's rift to score. Hunt down the runner and shut them down to reset the spark and attempt a new run. In trying times, the Vanguard must look inward for new ways to prepare guardians for the threats that face the city. The newest introduction to the Crucible came about when a little-known experimental warlock focus exercise was discovered by Ikora Ray and modified as a sanctioned training drill for all varieties of the light. The highest members of the Warlock Order are too proud to acknowledge it, but it's clear a few resented giving up their private game of light sport. Anything in the name of the Traveler, of course... But if there's anything a warlock loves, it's a good secret.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it is a fun game mode. And it's I – wish, I wish at the beginning of it a warlock would actually come out and conjure up the rift and the, okay. the spark. Mm-hmm. And you could actually see that happen. <laughs> I just remember the first times playing it when
2: you had all of um, Lord Shax's new voiceover dubs, and you grab it, and he'd get your heart racing. He's like, "You've got the spark, run, Guardian!" You know, like and <laughs> what? You, you start to get panicky, like, <laughs> "Okay, where do I go?" And then if I'm playing solo, I'm looking around. Okay, guys, I'm going to the left. Come follow me, <laughs> please. I'm going to please the left. follow me.
3: <laughs> please stay yeah. over there, you know. But, yeah. Because were you were you in the first group that played it at Bungie? Yeah, yeah, I went to the capture event for it. Yeah, I think I remember watching that. That was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It looked awesome.
0: Alright. Well, and using the concept of secrets, let's talk about my favorite warlock, Osiris. <clears throat> and this, and this is you know, uh, yes, I will admit, I use every excuse I can to get the Osiris card into a conversation <laughs> because it's just that awesome. <laughs> But it also is really telling for warlocks because it, you know, it starts out with the the rather famous question. What drives a warlock to madness? Ghosts choose those suited to war and heroism to be reborn. By nature or circumstance, they go to battle against the darkness. And through this battle, they learn how to use the light. But warlocks, by their nature, fight a second internal war. This is the war to understand a universe of secrets, a world that expects Guardians to fight without full knowledge of what they are or what they might hope to achieve. You were a mighty warrior. I watched you at six fronts, and heeded the call of Saint-14 to appoint you Vanguard Commander, even when the Concordat claimed to have records proving you were a Golden Age experiment, misincarnated as a human by an inept ghost. Saint-14 assured me you were just a man without much patience for obfuscation. I watched as you grew tired of strike missions and the grueling unproductive sessions with the Cryptarchs. That was when I took you under my wing. I saw our future in you. But your curiosity was voracious. How much of a guardian's personality and memories were true? How much had been fabricated by their ghost? Did guardians share particular personality traits? A willingness to yield to authority, a tendency to do anything anyone asked for the promise of uncertain reward? A blind knight errant mentality. Had the Traveler manufactured all of you as living weapons? I admit, I found your questions divisive and disloyal, and I feared you might be capable of breaking our unity when the city's position had grown so tenuous. Why divert attention away from the Traveler, our only hope? And then it got worse, dabbling in Thanatonautics, Ahamkara lore, chasing after Xur and the tricks of the Nine, launching expeditions into the reef and beyond at a time when ships were irreplaceable. Your quest split guardians along ideological lines. This was your greatest crime. Hunters chose to pursue your visions instead of protecting refugees. Titans assembled teams to chase the legendary Vault of Glass instead of striking the Fallen. And warlocks turned away from the study of the Traveler in favor of your ultimate obsession. Learning the exact nature of the Darkness. When debate became argument, and argument became acrimony. I realized you had already begun a cult of personality, attracting guardians who wanted a clear idea of why they were fighting, what they faced, and how they would ultimately win. I don't know where you have gone, but I can no longer sing ghosts out to find you. Some come back, with tales of your death or how you went seeking answers from far reaches of space and time, that you found a way to explore the Vex Gate networks, that you've made breakthrough after breakthrough as to their origins. Theories that a guardian could not be simulated, that the Traveler might be an ontoformer or a god incubator, that the Vex had diverged into multiple groups in order to secure an end state for every possible configuration of reality. I fear you have become as obsessed with the Vex as Toland was with the Hive. I've heard your own insane prophecies about pits and dead Hive Kings, and of Crota which I now cannot deny. I hear stories of Lord Shacks meeting with fire teams of warlocks who have no shadow and who never blink. Of jump ships slipping into the reef on cold trajectories and meeting no intercept. Of questions hidden in matter engrams and answers decrypted on d- distant battlefields. Perhaps you are still out there. If this reaches you, I would very much like to speak with you. To hear your theories in your own words. Perhaps what drives a warlock to madness is truth. So long card, very long card. Um, tons to, you know, take <laughs> take and go with what, what you want. Um still love the actual breaking of the fourth wall, uh in his in Osiris' <laughs> accusations against the Cryptarchs and the Strikes and the RNG. But you know, it just this is very telling because it seems that this is also a very strong theme for warlocks in general. Like, you know, we, we've we always kind of assumed that the player character, you know, outside of game, player characters obviously pick based off their play styles. But in game, the individual guardians seem to gravitate towards specific classes based off the philosophies of how they approach an issue. You know, the hunters kind of are the more loners, the Titans are the more militaristic and disciplined and the warlocks are the ones that usually kind of stand back and study and try to figure out exactly what's going on. And so it's, it's interesting to me too, because you know, he, he has become so obsessed with this abstract form of the truth that he is ignoring the reality of where he lives it seems is that's that's kind of what that message, and that's where the madness starts creeping in for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys toss your thoughts into that because I need a I need a drink of water at this point.
2: <laughs> it just all points to how we as warlocks we're scientists we're magical we're we're elegant we're always trying to you know study everything as opposed to the hunters or. Uh, I always kind of feel like the Titans and the Hunt. Well, the Titans are the brute force going forward. The Hunters are staying their distance and killing things from you know with precision, with stalking things. And the Warlocks are, well, the smarter ones (laughs) who Mm -hmm. kind of staying back and picking and choosing where they're going to go and how they're going to best suit their fire team.
0: Yeah, the Hunters are the scapel, Titans are the sledgehammer, and the Warlocks are the magnifying glass.
3: Yeah, there you go. Uh, but really i on the whole thing about um osiris being out of touch or going mad i actually kind of lean the other way that
0: yeah, nice.
3: someone who who understands best the the actual nature of things might seem you know crazy to the rest of us who don't have a clue but
0: in smaller minds right
3: yeah yeah given given his uh Given his understanding of things, his actions are completely justified and completely rational. Is the way I view Osiris. Right, I not like I view Toland. I, Toland's like <laughs> slipping into madness. I think Osiris just is on a ne- He's on another level than us. He's operating by a different set of rules.
0: Right? Because I know. I think was it was it the Osiris episode that we talked? It might have been the Osiris episode that we were talking about. Like how. He operates on a different playing field. Like his his big picture is comprised of so much more than what we perceive. And I think that's why like, you know, to us it's it's a it's a game of checkers compared to Osiris' four dimensional chess.
3: (laughs) Yeah. He, he's got the chess with the like from the Big Bang Theory with mm-hmm. the levels, mm-hmm. <laughs> with
0: all the different levels. And he's playing through a Vex time gate, so you know that's an added level. But yeah, okay. So I mean, like, th- I I just I feel like the Osiris card does a lot to explain exactly kind of the the thought process behind what warlocks, you know, kind of were were built off of as a philosophical class like this is this is what you should you know when you play a warlock if you're actually looking at it from a story perspective, this is kind of what warlocks form, and you know that's <clears throat> there's uh there's the fact also that there's also the fact that they were based you know i can't remember oh, i can't remember the interview um but they were based very loosely off Jedi Knights and then Morpheus from The Matrix that was kind of mm-hmm. the, the combination. And then really interesting fact, I didn't know this. It kind of it made perfect sense as soon as I read it, but from that same interview, uh the cloaks that the warlocks wear, those are actually based off the trench cloaks from World War 1. Uh the, mm. that is actually the aesthetic design that that was inspired by. So So it's not a sundress. It's not a sundress. That is that is kind of. I was gonna try not to say that because I'm gonna get yelled at. But yes, it is not a sundress. It is actually. Actually,
3: I actually see that now. I can picture that. Yeah. Is that uh, I don't know what they called that.
0: It's a trench clothing. trench coat. Not not a trench yeah, coat. Just, it was, but it, it was basically. No, the, it
3: um, literally is a trench coat. Right. It's,
0: yeah. But it's it's the um ah it. it Cause in world war one, they were fighting very, uh, very beginning of like chemical warfare and like mustard Mm -hmm. gas and stuff like that. And so they had a, um, layered uniform for a lot of the trench soldiers. And that was often, you know, the, the gas mask that the Hunter has was actually pretty close to what they actually wore. Um, I always, I always hearken back to the doctor who, who's your mummy episode because that's the mask. But, um, that was as soon as they said that I was like, Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So another another useless trivia for you guys. I like it. <laughs> I love it.
3: But I think uh now not all warlocks are Osiris level of curiosity. Yeah. I think that I think that's worth noting too. You've got the praxics who yeah, could really, true. who really could and we'll get into that when we talk about Ariana a little bit, but they really couldn't give a crap what the nature of everything is They're, they Maybe just, just want to kill
0: yeah they just wanted to blow it up
3: <laughs> they just want to shoot the mans that's all so um yeah there's there's I think there's varying levels of warlockiness if that's a word um but uh are you done with Osiris? Cause yeah, I, it yeah I, I mean
0: no but no, I'm, gonna, never. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna not yeah. talk about it anymore <laughs> okay.
3: wow is that a promise? Did we get no, that on? For this on episode. Okay. For this episode. Oh,
0: okay. Maybe, maybe, unless you say something and I think of something, which will probably oh, right. happen.
3: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, so we also, with TTK,
3: got a crucible map called The Cauldron. Um, and it's got a pretty curious quote from our site, 9940. Every inch of this place feels wrong, tainted, It makes your light itch. Just ignore it and keep firing. <laughs> so, uh, the area. The location on this one. Yeah, the area designation is uh, the cauldron. The location is the dark side of the moon. Pink <laughs> so void. It's, 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 yeah. So, is it constantly moving? <laughs> so, um, the warlock's most lucid theories assert this crumbled husk of a hive ritual site is one of many ceremonial transmorgification chambers. Hewn beneath the, mo- the moon's crust, now secured and maintained by the crucible. Scheduled study of its remnants suggests a sacrificial purpose where other forms of life were given an audience with the reigning monarch and judged before the power of the darkness. So this almost seems like the, one of the places where the sword logic was literally doled out.
0: It's almost like a court of Crota.
3: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm getting. But um, what does Arsite know about his light itching? He's a frame.
0: Well, he says you're light. Well, no, I guess that's true. Ah, that's a good point. I
3: that's, that's a weird one. It's a that's weird a one. Good. I like that. I'm going to say that from now on. <laughs> When something (laughs) bothers me in game, I'm going to say it makes my light itch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's worse things you could say. So we'll, 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 we will hold you to that. But yeah, no, that is, that's an interesting, unless, well, because, um, I have a lot of theories because we know light isn't a, uh, strictly biological, um, requirement. Because exos, exos don't really have, as far as we know, don't have a, you know, a really big biological component. There's arguments back and forth whether or not the brain or if there's actually organs within them. But the, uh, like the exos are able to harness light and they're basically war machines. So you know i have that theory that light is an animating force so technically everything has light it's just how much light they have because we know that everything has light because of the uh the thorn cards right cuz you know he kills the three the three bandits to to feed his light. now there's the argument that those three bandits well no they weren't guardians actually because i was going to say there's there's the argument that they were part of the hunting party but even the hunting party wasn't guardians it was just kids so we have the we have a nod that people who are not guardians still have some light to them um which makes sense if you think of light as an animating force and not a soul necessarily, but a spirit, which is a, it's a Aristotelian difference, but the soul is more of like a conscience and then or a consciousness or a conscious, uh, thought process, the self. And then the spirit is the like fuel. That's what you use to, to move through the world. And so like, if you look at light as the spirit, the animalistic spirit, then it would make sense that any, everything has light, you know, plants have light, animals have light, you know, that, that kind of anima is what that's called. So, I mean, I guess that would kind of make sense. And if he's talking and I don't know, like there's, and then there's also the fact like within destiny, there are so many different uses of the same word. You know, like we have light, and then we have or uppercase light, and then lowercase light. We have uppercase darkness. We have lowercase darkness. You know, there's you know, you have to be really careful with what you. Yeah. I don't know. This gonna, this conversation I'm ramble, makes my light itch. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't <laughs> that that do whole that.
3: uppercase lowercase <laughs> thing. <laughs> I swear.
1: <laughs> and
0: then oh. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's and that's pretty much that's the brunt of Grimoire cards that talk about warlocks. Um Now there are tons of equipment and armor and weapons that we will we're gonna link the mind map to this show notes because there are we could sit here and read quotes from every single one of these this armor and these weapons and like, especially the artifacts, there's some really fun artifacts. Um, like we could read those and it would take us an hour probably because I would probably want to discuss each one for about five minutes to
3: 10 oh, minutes. Are you going to include blues in that? Cause if we include blues, yes. that's like a three there's, episode. There are,
0: yeah, there are. So we, we have broken them out on armor. We have broken them out into common, uncommon, rare, like, basically the the layers, and we've tried to only incorporate ones that actually were applicable to the generic like description of what a warlock was like so it's not everything but it's it's pretty a pretty pretty good view of what's what's out there. The artifacts were especially fun um the thananatanzo lullaby and the flamel crest were one of my favorites just because flamel was it's there's a lot of trivia behind some of these um for example like for example flamel was the uh supposed creator of the philosopher's stone in reality in our in our world and so he was he was actually supposedly one of the grand alchemists of our world and the flavor text is anything can be anything else if only you will it so and so it's just it's just one of those really really kind of cool artifacts and that explains like the process of forcing your will and forcing you know the world around you to, to bow to your will a little bit. And yeah, giant shout out to Unisys on this, this mind map. He, he's spent yeah. a, a good good amount of time on this one in particular structuring it. So we really appreciate that. Um, With that being said, do you want to just jump into the known warlocks? Cause I have a feeling we're going to spend some time on some of these. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's hit it. So we're just going to run through these alphabetically, um, and we'll try to note which ones we know are, like, the status of them. Um, So the first one is Albios. This warlock is dead. Um, We don't, you know, Justin, do you want to jump in or either anyone jump in if you guys want, if I say a name and you want to take it from me? um. Because I've already kind of beaten the warlock that I care about. <laughs> so, Albios was a warlock who um, traveled to Venus, and he most of what we know from him actually comes from a blue set of armor. I believe I believe it's blue, um, <clears throat> the blue set of armor, and I'm trying to find it right now because I remember the story, but I don't know. What the quote is, but basically he went to Venus in search for Ahamkaras and was. Uh, it's there's a a book that's basically the Five Lives of Albios, and I'm going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about here.
3: No, but, actually, what you're looking for, Blue, it's it's on a blue um, warlock gauntlet called you. the Salicin Finn. That's, that's and, uh, what, yeah,
0: God, man. It's,
3: it's, a, it's an excerpt from The Five Lives of Albius. yes yes. Um, and it says, it wasn't t- until his fifth life that the Ahamkara spoke to him. By then, it was too late.
0: Which, we had an awesome theory from the chat. Um, if you look at the um oh gosh, I'm gonna butcher this this theory, but it was a really, really cool one. Um there's there's a way to read the Ahamkaras as a uh, personification of the self in I wanna say it's Buddhism, but was it Hinduism or I can't remember. One of one of the more Zen-focused religions that that focuses on losing the self, and the Ahamkara is actually the self, and there is a process through which you, through meditation you you lose you lose your sense of self and you become uh, kind of transcendent. And if you look at the Ahamkara as kind of that that uh, what's called solipsistic flatteries, which is what they're accused with, which is the the emphasis of the self above all. If you look at them as a personification or an actualization of the concept of ego, egocentricism, then what this is literally saying is that by the time the Ahamkara showed up, Albios has already transcended the focus of his self and has reached this transcendent state. And it was a really cool, and I'll try to get it worked into the notes Somehow, I'm. I am working really hard to archive all our chat history or our chats. So I'm going to get those archived and then get that shared out to everybody, so you can actually see see the madness in action. Because mm-hmm. some of these some of these theories I will butcher because I'm trying to re- remember them at the spur of the moment, and I do not have the brain capacity to keep up with some of this stuff. So. <laughs> But so yeah, that was. I mean, Albios is. We know that he's. Well, we're pretty sure he's dead. Uh, he was known for the Venus. Mm, I guess that would be not really exile, but he 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 went to Venus to be by himself and to find find himself. And then the next one is, I think it's Alm Almir. Yes, and I and. No, go for it, go for it. No, I was going to say, we don't know... Anything.
3: (laughs) ...anything on Alamir (laughs) other than on the Taken King Samsara legendary uh, chest for the warlock. He's just quoted as saying, it is the lonely thing to live forever.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things that I could theorize about that. Yeah, well, you could literally just go go anywhere anywhere with that. I mean, immortality (laughs) has always been... You know, in literature, especially, you read, like, Frankenstein, you know, Dracula, any of the supernatural ancient stories or myth- myths about inner- immortal creatures, it's always lonely, a lonely existence is always the one of the common threads between those. And as Guardians, we technically are pretty much immortal, as long as we have ghosts. We are liches! We are not zombies. <laughs> but... Um,
1: Oh, and
3: I've actually I've actually got something cool on that one, though. Go for it. Uh, Actually, samsara is a Sanskrit word that means wandering or world with uh, the connotation of cyclic circuitous uh, change. change. Yeah. And it. No, no, no. It gets better. It gets better. It also refers to the theory of rebirth and the cyclicality of all life. So do with that what you will. <laughs> but that's actually that kind of fits the whole theme, the wandering, uh kind of lost um loneliness of immortality.
0: Right. And then you also have like the Batuta armor who we kind of talked about uh when when did we talk about that a while back? But yeah. Iba uh Hi. it's it, Iba Iba Batuta was has been heralded as one of the most famous travelers in the history of mankind because he just kind of went everywhere. It was a really kind of a cool nod to him. So I'm I'm assuming that's something similar there as well. But needless to say, we do not know the fate of Alamir. Uh the next one is Brother Vance and the the interesting thing about Brother Vance is he's a former warlock he's uh He's no longer a warlock. Most of us will recognize this individual for his his vendor status within the trials of Osiris. He's the one that you either are very happy to see or very don't <laughs> care
2: I'm, I'm always not a warlock happy to see what is that? he?
3: <laughs> yeah, um, where did we get he was a warlock though he says it was that an NPC quote yep that oh, is okay. a quote of his
0: um, okay uh, he says that he used to be a warlock and then he I can't uh, hang on let me dig up the quote
3: yeah and actually guys if y'all uh, in chat um, if you ever want any NPC quotes check out destinypedia.com you can type in a character's name and everything they've ever said in game will
0: be listed it's amazing. Oh. Um, which is a pretty cool tool. It, um, makes, it makes our job super easy. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I completely, I, I glossed over that one, I guess. Um, that,
0: oh, Vancey was <clears throat> He says, I used to be a warlock. Now I follow a different path. And then Ooh. he also said, I am an old blind warlock far from home. Perhaps we can talk. But he has an iPad which is really confusing
3: and he's blind
0: yeah that's i mean like he apparently has a digital braille i think is the explanation that i've seen passed around Mm. a couple times so yeah you can buy the
3: space magic
0: i think you can buy that (laughs) well and then like in in regards to that he's he makes comments about how he can see better now that his physical sight has been has been removed and how he he offered it up in the trials, but was found i think it was like he wasn't found worthy, so yeah it was he's he's an interesting he's got a he's got a good good amount of information on him um we learn a lot there's a couple theories about brother Vance uh some of them are pretty interesting, some of them are kind of spin foily I think Justin might address some of those in a <laughs> video one of these days. <laughs>
3: One of these days. One of these if days. I, get,
0: I think my maybe, favorite. My favorite one about Vance is that he's actually a, a splinter of Osiris. I think that's um, like one of my favorites of him is that's how Osiris knows what's going on with everybody is because he's managed to multi multi man himself. Yeah. Into the universe. The,
3: well, uh, I think it'd be funny if he were all his disciples.
0: That's yeah. That's which it, which would be kind of odd because we know there. are. We know there are females, so... Ah, don't get hung up on (laughs) me. Um, And then I'm gonna let let you take the next one.
3: Yes, my favorite, (laughs) my favorite warlock of all. We already read the, the Ariana Bamp card, um, where she tortured the witch to death and scattered the ashes. Um, but Ariana 3 is, uh... A warlock of the, the Praxic Order. Um, she was part of the Crota Fire team, who unfortunately, you know, met her end at the Death Singer with that conniving Toland.
0: Or as, as Chad has taken to calling him, Trolland.
3: Trolland, yes, that's pretty much. That's pretty much. Um, but I actually had uh, actually a question. Regarding Ariana, and since I don't run a warlock, I, I had a warlock year one, but I've rarely, rarely ran it. I would like literally run my my hunter twice for no rewards. The second time, <laughs> instead of running my warlock, but um, is the heart of the praxic fire? Um, that seems to me to be Ariana's chest, like not the body part, but you know her. That seems to be her article. Like a, her article. Well, of, yeah, yeah. Like, well, if you if you read the flavor text for right. Heart of the Praxic Fire, in that last moment she seemed as holy and luminescent as the sun. And I wish to be so brave. Then you go back to the Crota, the, the Crota Fire Team card, um, and I can't remember which card it is, uh, when Tolans kind of recounting how everyone met their end in the fire team. And I believe he says, uh, "Poor Ariana, she was so very bright at, at the end." Um, it actually makes me think that the heart of the Praxic Fire is Ariana's um, chest piece. Mm-hmm.
0: And, I mean, I could, I can see it. Um, we also know, <clears throat> excuse me, we also know that she was a bearer of the core cormorant, cormorant, yeah, the seal. cormorant seal.
3: Which don't even get me started on that, I'm not quite sure um <laughs> what that means
0: well uh, it was it the cormorant cormorant, gosh, I am going to butcher this word every single time so uh, from the there's a warlock head armor helmet, whatever you want to call it it's not a hood it's a it's a helmet. Um, but it's the Cormorant Line 2, and it says those of the Cormorant Seal must prove themselves willing to give their lives to others. So it's it's a uh, – and then the Cormorant, Cormorant Line 2 chest armor says the most valiant among the Praxic warlocks are honored with the Cormorant Seal. So the Cormorant is definitely not a um, an order – within the warlocks but it's actually a a uh, a badge of uh, it's like a medal of valor basically you know a silver whatever i cannot i'm not i'm not thinking medals right now but it's it's a it's a sign of this this is a very very brave and very very self other oriented Warlock, you know, you have Praxic Warlocks honor bravery and service over all else. So that's from the Cormorant line leg armor. So the Praxic uh, the Praxic Order was an order of Warlocks, and then within that Praxic Order, the, the best of the best, basically, were given this Cormorant badge or mark. So...
3: Yeah, and actually, fun and, fact...
0: Yeah, okay, go for it. I oh, no. You
3: will fun. listen to my fun fact, sir. No. You will no, listen. no. No, no, you no, no. Have no. Fun. You will have fun while you hear it. Okay. Um, fun. All, all right. <laughs> no, a cormorant is actually a seabird. Yes. Um, and that uh, cormorant, what was it? The honor. There is a, uh, is it a mark? Yeah, it's a titan mark, which is odd. But it's a titan mark called honor of the cormorant. And it actually has a double-headed bird on it. mm mm-hmm. Um, um, yes, which I thought I was, I was frantically trying to figure out what a cormorant was, Ooh. if it had some sort
0: of, some sort of hidden meaning there. Well, so I did, I, I dug a little bit on the cormorant because I like these kind of cultural things. And it's um, something that I found was that many cultures consider the cormorant a symbol of nobility and indulgence. But more recently, they are considered a good luck charm for fishermen, which is an interesting kind of thing, because like you said, it's a seabird. Um, There's a very interesting, uh, there's a kind of a, a intriguing twist to the cormorant figure or cormorant symbolism in that John Milton used the cormorant as a portrayal of greed and deception within Paradise Lost, because he used that the seabird, the cormorant, as Satan's disguise to enter Eden prior to his temptation of Eve. So Milton's use of the cormorant was actually different than the usual cultural symbolic nature of that creature. So but yeah so basically they're they're fishermen,
3: and <laughs> it actually kind of looks like the same or not the same, but a similar symbol is on the center crest of the praxic fire right right Which would would
0: i mean would make kind of some sense as the double headed it's that crest, and you know it's it, again kind of nodding back to the bungee stream, they talked about some of the the herald the the uh the crest and heralds that they used to kind of inspire some of the stuff that they designed and they were going for, like, they were talking about they were trying to enter into the science fantasy, the the you know, the science fantasy more than the science fiction, and that was one of the, I think one of the images actually had the double-headed eagle on it, so but, yes Nets. the cormorant is a very interesting, and it's interesting just simply because it's one of the few ones that we actually have information on
3: Yes. Um, Now, Ariana did have some sort of special affinity for Wei Ning. exact The exact nature of which we do not have just a whole lot of. We do know that Wei Ning's passing was devastating for her um, and that uh, it was her driving force. Um, And I kind of always believed that after Wei Ning went, at a uh, mare imbrium that, uh, Ariana's trip into the hellmouth with Toland was always going to be a one way ticket. Like, yeah, I got that she, feeling. She was like literally, literally a suicide bomber at that point. She was going to kill as many of them as she could. And she didn't care how she did it. Oh, how
0: the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yeah. So but, do you want to talk, you want to jump to the liar of the pack? Uh,
3: uh Phil winter Phil winter this is all that's you know that's it's very irresponsible what you're doing there. We have no proof that fell winter lied about it. He hid a sniper
0: in a shotgun's body, okay <laughs> <laughs>
2: it got replaced by the party crashers. <laughs> Or conspiracy
0: theory, actually. It was, like, it, was, it was. It was because it was a conspiracy theory. I mean, that's yeah, conspiracy
2: it a conspiracy theory about the Phil Winter's <laughs> lie. He told a lie is a big conspiracy theory about
3: it. Uh, <laughs> so. uh, are we really going to have a
0: pun war on air? <laughs> no, this we're not. Happening. We're not doing this. <laughs> I regret everything. <laughs> no, um, Phil, I mean, Phil Winter, I think he's got some interesting flavor text, but really... Uh, there's not much known about
3: yeah he's an iron lord so
0: there's not jack oh nothing on him (laughs) it's it was more um i'm i'm still in the opinion that he was a void walker just simply because the iron camelot hood it says Forge in remembrance of fell winter he who stared into the void and then it's a hood so you know there's a lot of assumption that he was a warlock and then (laughs) the void obviously he's going to be a void walker um that's where a lot of people kind of gravitate towards that. The other, the other fun one is the iron bond, which is such knowledge is often deemed offensive. That doesn't make it untrue. I just, he he just strikes me as kind of this person who's like, you know what? Screw your political correctness. So. Yeah. And
3: that's going to be a recurring theme with a lot of these warlocks. It really does
0: seem like that. It,
3: when your mind, it's almost like a genius, you know, uh, someone with a genius IQ has so freaking little time for the, the little inane pleasantries that we and the little rituals that we do to, you know, kind of conform to what's acceptable for, you know, interacting with other humans. And I just view these warlocks as just having no time for any of that. We're not going to
0: they don't have any time to explain
3: yeah, no time to explain. It's just Isn't so it? simple. Yeah, they're not going to cater to your ego, I guess. Right. Um, what did Osiris call the speaker?
0: Was it a drooling buffoon? Did Osiris <laughs> call them that or did was uh, no Toland called it that? Toland, yeah. Trollin. Trolland has a few choice, <laughs> few choice terms for the speaker. I mean Brother Vance has a few, but and then I don't think we know osiris i mean, like I assume Osiris had taught Brother Vance the insults, but yeah. So, but yeah, you I want think to talk- we
3: can kind of we kind of maybe just touch on a few of these because there's just so little on them. We have Galita to to yet, and she has some armor. I believe is the only way we know about her. Is that correct?
0: Um, we also know that she was the Oh, yeah. leader the Two yet of, Fire Team. Yep, the Two Yet Fire Team, which is the Pocket Infinity connection. Um, she was the person who apparently brought back... There's a warlock artifact called the Oddly Colored Cube, and she brought that back, which actually introduced us to another character, and I cannot remember who that other character was, but it's another random... Just a random character, and um, she also was one of the few guardian, or the previous guardian to ours who Banshee had created a custom weapon for. And um, the Oddly Color Cube, it's Desponia Core. core Corey. Core. Core. Uh Interesting note on Despoigna is there's some mythological connection there. Um, <laughs> hey, you you started me down this path. Um, in Greek mythology, this was the daughter of Demeter and Poseidon. Uh, she was the goddess of mysteries, and so it's just we don't know anything about her, other than apparently she's important enough to have a quote on an oddly colored cube, which looks a lot like the cubes from the Pantheon map, which you know we talked about a little bit in the Vex the Vex article. Oh, there's Vex ducks. episode the Ducks the Ducks as, yeah. as Bell calls them. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Galida or Gal- Galidia, um, there's a connection there between Pocket Infinity. There's a theory that they were trying to recreate the Vex Mythoclass, and that's what they got, got themselves killed. Because the Vex don't like people messing with their stuff, basically. <laughs> so, And then we have Ikora, which we've already talked about. Uh, and then we have Lissa, which is a kind of a random random warlock. There is, uh, I think it's another one on the Samsara, and this is where we learned that her name was Lissa the Lighthearted. And she. the quote is, I'm glad I can't remember. Start fresh, you know? <laughs> And then there's one other co- one other quote from Lissa, and it's pretty fun. It's the class item, no footprints, and it's gravity. Oh, that nuisance! I never bother with it. So she, she you know, it's it's it seems like this this warlock was quite literally a lighthearted jokester. That's all we know about Lyssa. And then Osiris. I will strictly say that he is exiled and he was the former Vanguard commander.
3: And he will be played by Kevin Bacon. <laughs> because, oh my gosh. Oh, that
0: is such a good. Okay, never mind. We're moving on. <laughs> Pajari. Pajari, we talked a lot about Pajari in the Light and Darkness episode. Uh, there's a lot of really cool little tidbits about Pajari. Um, I'm still under the impression that Pajari was a (laughs) sunsinger because he was a definitely, he was a Thantanaut um, or she, I guess, technically he or she was a Thantanaut. And there's a lot of kind of really cool uh, implications between being a sunsinger and being named Pajari that we talked about in that episode as well. So you should check that one out. Uh, Scory was another Lord of Iron and she also was, I would say, a sun singer, because, and we kind of talked about this with our our Iron Banner episode. But there is a um, there's a couple quotes that make it seem like she's a sun singer. Uh, there's the Iron Camelot Bond. It's uh, who she. It says that she who sang out the Iron Song, and then. Um, there's a lot of references between Scory and singing. There's a there's an artifact Scory's dirge, where she where it says she sings of her lost companions, and then there's one Iron Bond the the old Iron Bond says rise above so that you may lift those below. So there's a couple little nods to Sun Singers on that one, and then you know. We were kind of talking about this before the show. There's a new weapon that the PlayStation people get to play with that the Xbox <laughs> people don't get to play with. Freaking bullcrap. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, many, many people who play the game know what I'm talking about. It's the Zen Meteor. It's the new exotic sniper rifle. It's got dynamite on a laser beam, so you know you can't go wrong with that one. But there is a reference to a warlock who is known as the Stoic on that item and basically there's not I mean there's really nothing really known about it uh, we do get inter- introduced to a another kind of subclass within the Praxic order of Warlocks uh, from the quote is from a, I think it's Takeo 3 so it's obviously an Exo um, but it's it's a writing of Takeo 3 Praxic deconstructionalist and the quote is, complete awareness, complete focus, a mind sharpened by diligence to a single deadly point. So, you know, again, going back to the Praxic being all about how can you destroy the most things. But, um, so the Stoic was the warlock that com- collaborated with Hunt, the hunter, Zoom Veil vale, to create the Zen Meteor. And that's really all we know about these two warlocks and so yeah that's that's that's, that's it on the stoic <laughs> there's not <laughs> a lot of it yeah,
3: sean do you have zen meteor yes i did is finally it, get it and is it everything you've thought no you. <laughs> no it's, also, it's i i mean i it, it's a novelty guys
2: i mean to be honest. you know what happens is because you get the three kills the three rapid kills and then you get your uh dynamite and you find you have five seconds to actually use it. So you get you three kills, and then you're frantically looking for something that's like a major ultra to shoot at. And, of course, there's nothing around. I still – if I'm going to use an exotic sniper or exotic uh, special, it's going to be, as Morning Afterkill calls it, the Telesto the Molesto or <laughs> the Black Spindle. I'm still going to use those. But, yes. I mean, it's a fun gun. And I'm not a big fan of the Hakka snipers, uh, the scopes. I'm just so yeah. used to having either an ambush or short gaze and stuff like that for my snipers. But it's okay.
0: Yeah,
3: it's, uh, it's beautiful. It looks, it looks amazing, so mm-hmm. it's got that going for it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably with you. I'm, and and I'm, I'm thinking PvP unless you're routinely putting four people down with your sniper quickly. Right. <laughs> uh, it's probably a non-issue.
2: It's got some pretty high aim assist though. I did get some pretty good PvP clips when I did the review for it. So, but I still I, I like to use my thousand yard stare over the Zen Meteor. You know, because I like to use an exotic for my primary slot mostly for for PvP.
3: So, I like it. I like it. Um, so after the Stoic, we had Teamer, which we- he had the hand cannon from Iron Banner, correct? Teamer's lash. Yep.
0: And uh, don't know much about him, do we? No, no, not, not really. Um, <laughs> this is a theme. This is a theme with the Warlocks. They like their secrets, apparently, even in death. Or <laughs> a mystery. Oh, my gosh. Um, they're Batman, apparently. Um, don't tell Except them.
3: For
2: Except, Except for Toland. Except for Toland. Toland and Osiris. And
0: just can't shut up. He <laughs> said he just won't be quiet. Uh, mm. Temer, he, uh we know that the city enemies dreaded him the most from the Iron Camelot Gloves and that is kind of it. I'm trying to see real quick. Yeah, that's pretty much... We know he was a Lord of Iron and he was dreaded among the city's enemies. So, GG, Timur. GG. (laughs) Then we come to, you know, another pretty big name, Toland, a.k.a. Trolland. Uh, This is... He is missing. He is not dead nor alive. He's kind of
3: Eh, in our sense, he's dead. Well, but his yeah. spirit lives on. <laughs> so,
0: yes, he does, haunting us. Well,
3: we're we're all dead, but
0: pestering us <laughs> endlessly, calling yes. us stupid. Um, Toland, you know, we have we have an entire episode dedicated to Toland because there's just that much to talk about. Um, interesting trivia fact on Toland: he seems to be a nod to a philosopher by the name of John Toland. Um, we've had a lot of conversations recently about the parallels between him and his theories in-game as opposed to the philosophical theories of John Toland outside of game. There's a lot of parallels between there. Um, and I'm just going to let the episode speak for itself on that one because we talked about that quite a bit. And let me think. Where else? Who's next? Ulan, Ulan Tan. This, this guy has yeah. got some. Who? He was the leader of a
3: of a uh, city faction that yes. does not exist anymore, or does it? Uh, I think uh, it on. is not inside the city anymore. They were deemed very dangerous. They were called the Symmetry.
0: Yeah. Well, supposedly they don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. I
3: mean, in in, in a sense of our universe in the city and what we know at this point in the game, they're not around.
0: Uh, and the Ulantan's big, the, the the majority of our information from Ulan Tan actually comes from the darkness grimoire card. Uh, there's a actual thesis that he has that says, Ulan Tan's thesis considers the darkness a necessary symmetry to the traveler in a cosmic balance. In this view, the traveler's goodness led it to sacrifice for others. And it is up to us to return this goodness by healing the traveler. So, you know, Ulan Tan definitely had the pretty it's a, also a pretty popular theory outside of game that the darkness and the light are two sides of the same coin type of type of thing.
3: Yeah, and uh he, he was actually considered to be very dangerous by the Vanguard. Right. When they were uh when well, they were discussing who would who would replace the Concordat, they we're going, going through the list of suspects and they said, now the symmetry is too dangerous. Yeah.
0: There's Their too, theology is too dangerous. There's too much fear. And yeah, that's also where we find out that he is dead um, because he says, who knew he'd be more troubled dead than alive. Um, and I think, you know, and I kind of, we kind of talked about this with, I'm trying to remember what episode it was, but um, the, the symmetry is a dangerous philosophy to hold in a in a, uh, a a war situation because what it does is it kind of imply it teaches the implications that the darkness is not able to be defeated because it's a necessary component of the universe right you can 't have light without dark it is so like why are you fighting the dark because you're fighting against the very nature of the universe itself and so when you're when you're talking to soldiers it's not a very not a very good idea to be like, "Hey, you know that enemy that you're fighting? You're not going to be able to defeat
1: them. They're just yeah.
0: they're just a natural force. It's like you know that's that's not a not a wise wise tactic to take. And then the very last one that I have is Win Win G Win G. I'm going to butcher that name. And there's really not that much about him. We got a couple. Uh, quotes, again, another, a couple Bonds and uh, another Samsara. And basically, he also seems like kind of a, not really lighthearted, but more of a philosophical. And, you know, I guess this actually makes sense. Now, if Samsara is talking about reincarnation, the quote on it is, Perhaps I had lives even before that. Perhaps I was once a tree. So he, you know... There yes, you, go. you can. Yeah. You can do with what do that with that quote. What you will, and I mean, there's there's just you know the the uh, I think it's do 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 Jiao Xiao. I don't even know how to pronounce that one. <laughs> but there's a there's a suit of armor that has you know a number of quotes from from Wenji. And yeah, uh, could you spell that, Blue? Uh, D u j i a i o. S H O U and then <laughs> one or two afterwards, depending on what uh, we want.
3: So we we only have two we had a lot of Titan orders that we knew about mm-hmm. and were aware of, but we only have two
0: Well um, Yeah, and I would even hesitate to call the second one on
3: Yeah, order. yeah, because I know little to nothing about them. The the one absolutely confirmed uh, warlock order is the Praxic Order. Um and uh we've kind of already gone over them a little bit their their whole main kind of a uh, philosophy was you don't waste a lot of time trying to understand your enemy you destroy your enemy right um with overwhelming for- force
0: but they also emphasized bravery and the service to others so it was a very yes. very kind of like a i hesitate to say templar esque type thing but it was definitely a knight and kind of a knight errant like a knight order so and then you want to talk about the the other un, the, the unknown one yeah I'll let you take that one because I do not um, know anything so, about them this is not I, I really even hesitate to even put this alongside the Praxic there is an item an artifact called the Harlequin Pendulum and there's a lot of there's actually kind of a cool like there's there's a Ah, there's a lot of interesting things about the harlequin them. um just but it introduces a group of into, of guardians who is who goes by the name of the jin sim scribes now we we kind of talked about some of the the implications of gin sim um within like systems it's you know generation of a i just blanked on it and i'm feeling like an idiot on that. Symbol. It was a generation symbol. Gosh, man, I'm lagging. But the uh, the, Harle- the Harle- Harlequin pendulum, if I'm remembering this correctly, also has this really, really kind of cool thing where it um, it actually changes colors uh, based on the time of day within the environment that you are wearing it and it was let me see if i can find my notes on the color because it was kind of an interesting interesting thing it was like during the day it was green and then during or, oh my gosh yeah the pic, the picture i have it's, it's green. like an aquamarine yeah type thing and yeah okay it changes color depending on the time of the day based on the current environment that you are in so it's green during the day and then it changes to blue at night and then it changes to aquamarine at dawn and dusk it was uh and it's just really kind of and this don't is i really know what it does and it's actually this insane. is in game it's doing this? yes in game it's actually changed so based mm. on the environment that you are wearing this bond um if it's day it'll be green. If it's night, it'll be blue. And then if it's like a dawn or dusk time, it'll actually be an aquamarine color. It's kind of like a transitionary color. So it's, it's and the, the flavor text is a curious device sought after by the ginseng scribes. And that is literally the only, the only nod to the ginseng scribes that we have. Um, so I kind of have a feeling that the ginseng scribes are kind of like the cormorants, Um, it's a, it's a school of thought within another order or just an abstract school of thought outside of any orders, but we do know that they are out there. And then the only other really big one that we know of is the thanatonauts fun, fun thanatonauts. I have so much fun (laughs) with this one, but (laughs) they're not so much in order. No, 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 no. That is correct. They are not in order. Let me, yeah. Thank you for that. They are not in order. They are definitely a school of thought, and they you know, obviously seem to be very much sun singers because their entire thing, um, we discussed this in previous episodes, but um, the name is a combination of Thanatos, who from Greek mythology is the god or avatar of death, and then the word not, which is explorer or sailor. So literally, it's a sailor of death. It's someone who mm-hmm. explores the realms of the dead. And the way that they do this is they kill themselves, they commit suicide, and then in the interim between the time that they die and the time that they can resurrect themselves, either via them with their own light or with the ghost, um, they try to to kind of pierce the veil of the memory that is hidden from them of their previous lives, or they try to explore the netherverse is what we've kind of, you know, Bife has kind of talked about this as well a little bit, but that netherverse is kind of a, a, a reoccurring theme. There's a really cool trivia fact on the thanatonauts. Um, there's actually a series, a science fiction series that was re re written recently by an art, a French author, Bernard Ver, Weber, Werber, 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 however you want to say that. <laughs> and it, it's a really kind of cool. It's a philosophical science fiction that explores death in a search for the afterlife. And it's comprised of two trilogies, um, <clears throat> the Thanatonaut trilogy, and then the us, the gods trilogy. And it's the titles are actually kind of cool. It's the, the first trilogy is the Thanatonauts, the empire of angels, and then us, the gods, which transcends into the second trilogy, which is us, the gods, the breath of the gods and the mystery of the gods. So it's a, It's a kind of a new-ish genre of science fiction, science fantasy. And and that is kind of where, you know, and I I don't want to say that's where the term was coined. But it was, I think this series was written back in 2006 or 2007. So it was was prior to Destiny coming out.
3: Yeah, they are flatliner warlocks.
0: Yes, that's right. That's right. Just yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Picture a bunch of Kiefer
3: Sutherlands just running around <laughs> with power. I
0: remember us talking <laughs> about this, yeah. So yeah. Um and that's I mean, that's really you know, again the uh there's some quests and some missions. We have those. There's a there's a couple of them out there I'm trying to remember any of them that spring off. And I don't really I'm not really Oh I think we hit anything. it. I think we got most of it. Um, And then, like I I said, um, I'm in the process of archiving the chats, which is an interesting process, Uh, (laughs) but we were going to try to, I'm going to try to get those publicly available to people. I'm not sure how I'm going to do that, but that way we can also kind of give you guys an opportunity to, to make sure that I'm being honest when I say that I get most of the ideas that we talked about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think we did it.
3: I'm gonna. Yeah, we did. I'm gonna have to talk to Bife. There is not near enough warlock lore. Don't (laughs) tell him that. I'm gonna.
2: <laughs> One of the things that just really makes me uh, just it's glaring is that when you read all of this lore and uh, you know even though I'm quiet in this part this is all fascinating to me and there's so much that that was written into this game that's in the grimoire that's in this you know that's in the story that's not actually on screen or within the game itself I mean they could make an animated series they could make a visual book or even like mm-hmm. a comic book or something I certainly would read all this for hours you know I mean I'm hoping in, in future title, well, you know, future titles within Destiny, we have maybe within between cutscenes or in loading screens you can choose to just read it on screen you know because I think a lot of us don't realize we have to go to our phone and go into <laughs> our grimoire and read yeah. all this stuff I would almost like to see you know like let's say when you're loading into a crucible map instead of seeing your ship flying in you could see right on screen just one grimoire card that you've unlocked <laughs> and will have have everything written and maybe it's like two or three visual pictures uh, depicting what's going on in there because there's just so so much story you know it, it's their own universe you know right
0: and you know what that makes me think of it is uh how Skyrim did their war. Mm-hmm. uh it was just i mean Elder Scrolls you can't you couldn't fit everything onto a screen but they had like snippets and then they had like the like statue figurines the 3D statues that you could like rotate while it was yeah. while you're waiting for the loading screen that would be that would be a really cool yeah
3: yeah just yeah, honestly anything if or there were
2: ever a, have
0: if there in game
3: <laughs> yeah if there were ever, ever, ever a title that screamed for an expanded universe, it's this one. Like, yeah. it just there's way too much. And well, I mean, they could it's do not. It's before. everyone likes to likes to criticize and say that the the Destiny story was thrown together and it was incomplete and all this other stuff from Vanilla, but this is not a thrown together, you know, kind of um, patched together bit of writing like a lot of these things have real world Mm tie-ins to very obscure things that specifically point to you know their connections and that doesn't happen by accident so someone took a lot of time Mm -hmm. when naming items and putting in quotes and that's a lot of time someone spent it really needs to see the light of day well
0: and i mean even if you do something like you know halo has the evolutions which is the collection of short stories Yes. That was then made yeah. into the um Legends animated yeah. short, which was also kind of similar to like what they did with the Animatrix. That yeah. was that would be kind of a really cool and the it would allow, you know, different artists to kind of put their own spin on things. You're obviously probably not gonna I know like the uh the story of Dragon Yore and Jaron Ward i, I want to say it was that one the guy who kind of came up with it was kind of he was talking and he's and like he basically came out and said that when he you know made that story he kind of thought of it as a comic book so like mm-hmm. you know it yeah. was, you know that's yeah well yes. and then on the other Lord side of that coin,
3: <laughs> on the other side of that coin this is bungie and these are all things that they've done before. So I, I do believe we'll get it at some point.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. So, but yeah, I think that, I think that pretty much, pretty much covers the basic, basic layout of warlocks by no means. Is this a, a full in-depth dive? Cause you want to get me talking about Osiris. I could probably go for a while. Now we're okay <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, awesome let's any let's do some shout outs, and then we will I think Justin has something for us after show oh Jesus, do I <laughs> um,
3: He's no, uh, on the spot. <laughs> no, um, real quick before we get the shout outs, Mesa, why don't you uh tell everyone where we can find you? I heard you you make videos on some sort of. Internet yeah. video streaming service. It's new, YouTube yeah. or something.
2: Yeah, it's called YouTube. I'm kind of a jack of all trades. Uh, Makes a on YouTube, where I pretty much cover everything. I'm not just like I'm not just PvP. I'm not just PvE. I do news. I do weapon reviews. I do package Engram openings. I do I do some PvP stuff, um, and I also stream. A lot to write to YouTube. So sometimes like it'll be raid, um, trying to do like throwback Thursdays where we do Crota and Vault of Glass. Because it really is dawning how many people who have come into the game in year two and never got to experience or see the old raids. And I think that's even um, more apparent when the Fanatic of Crota is the tier three Court of Oryx, and I go in there and there's randoms. And they pick up the sword and they just start hacking away and then die. They realize you have to take his shield down, and then you have yeah. to you know you have to shoot him first, you know? It but that made me realize how, wow, a lot of people never experienced the initial raids and never did Crota's end, or probably Vault of Glass for that matter. So I do that, and then also just uh, follow me on Twitter for lots of shenanigans. I, I definitely tweet a lot, um, sometimes funny videos that I just put up like 30-second clips of me getting lucky or my awful RNG and um guys, thanks for having me on this definitely was a lot was of fun, fun. it was fast i 'm always fascinated by all of this lore stuff and i 'm always in awe and guardian radio when Bife starts laying into the lore because it just makes me realize like how big this this universe is and there 's so much story behind the actual game itself that people need to know this stuff you know it's it 's completely fascinating and like I said before if they they could literally make movies out of all of the stuff that's in the game in terms of the backstory and all these characters and what they've gone through. I mean how many people would watch a uh, – let's say a video or even a little short movie on what happened – when Eris Morn and her fire team went down into that pit to fight Crota, you know, see exactly what happened to them. I'd love to watch that. Or uh how the Galahorn was forged at the Battle of Twilight Gap, just stuff like that. It's fun to read, but I would love to see it somehow visualized in some format. So Yes. Yeah. Yes, please. Very cool, guys. But yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'd love to come
3: on again. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very and helpful. you need to tell uh, K Dub and Mark <laughs> they need to get good because they're the only ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> they're the only ones who haven't been on.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I think okay. we'll just. I think what we'll have to do is lure them in with another Titan episode. Oh, yeah, isn't, isn't that how? Bad. Isn't that how we trick them? Is just. That's
2: the frequent argument that uh, goes on because I are warlocks and <laughs> K Dub and Mark are Titans, so definitely lure them in. Like we got a special edition Titan only
1: episode.
2: <laughs> K Dub and Mark will jump all over it. I think.
3: <laughs> yeah, and then and then it'll really be like the philosophy of Greek mythology. Oh, <laughs> Mid dissertation yeah. by Blue.
0: Hey, hey. Well, there's some there. Um, I think. Do you
3: have any? You have any uh, shout outs, Mesa? um let's see guardian radio on monday
2: nights at 8 30 um destiny con are you um are any of you guys going to destiny con this oh, summer yes yes oh, sir yes. awesome well i'll see you guys all there yeah, yeah. destiny con's coming up
3: and um uh, another yeah, shout outs that's pretty much it thank you guys again for having me on yeah. hey no problem thanks for coming awesome. um blue you go ahead yep. you never go
0: before me yeah i know it's 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 it feels weird um <laughs> I have just one shout out, just a new supporter. Thank you. Redneck, redneck ma, um, for your support. Uh, it's been, it's greatly appreciated. And that was pretty much my shout out. So thank you so much for, for supporting us yeah. over on pod. Uh,
3: th- thanks a lot, Redneck, And, uh, yeah. Blue all ever the minimalist
0: with his shout outs. Yeah. I try, I try um, to be short and sweet except for when it comes <laughs> well, to Osiris then we can go I,
3: I will I will not be sir um, thank I'd just like to thank uh Dammo and Josh for the awesome Star Wars episode last time, and I was really uh sad I wasn't able to make it, but um a coma uh begged me to not join, so I was in a coma so and then uh thank you, Mesa, for coming on this week. Oh, thanks yeah. for having me, man. yeah and uh as ever. I'd like to give a big shout-out to my clan, the DOD Shadow White crew. And uh, give it up for the live chat here. Uh, you're the real MVP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I think, that, I think that does it, man. Good episode. Awesome, guys.
0: All right. Yeah. So with that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over in chat for coming out and spending the evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again to Mesa Sean for chatting with us. Really appreciate you taking time to chat with us and hope to get you back on here if we can in the future. Thank you, good sir. Definitely. Yes, for sure. I'll
2: definitely come on again. It was a lot of fun, guys. I learned a lot. I'll tell you that much. Awesome. Especially about my my favorite class,
0: of course. Then mission accomplished. (laughs) 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 So please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback, questions, or topics that you'd like to see us tackle in our new YouTube videos that we're in the process of making, the Lore 101 series, and Justin's Spinfoil Corner. We try to keep through the scheduled Wednesday night streams of the chat starting at approximately 10 p.m. Central. But if we do have any variations, we always try to make sure that everyone knows through our Twitter account, which is just at FocusFireChat. Next week, we are going to have a bit of a changeup due to my being out of town. So that stream is going to be on Thursday at 10 p.m. Central. So until next time, the lore band marches on.